Hello and welcome to the Brick Cave Blitz, the show where we break down the NFL in its almost entirety um, and go from there. I am the unusual Greg, your host as usual, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. With me as always is my ever-dependent co-host. I'm Smith, uh, I'm DRS underscore 1994 on Instagram. And I am Scruffy, I'm just the guy in the background who basically does tech stuff. My Twitter is ScruffLordBell, as per usual, don't follow me on there and I will pass back to Greg because we also have a guest we do have a guest um so Jake why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself uh you're like following of the NFL what team you follow and like everything about yourself if you could yeah I appreciate you guys having me my name is Jake Ellenbogen and um I am the host co-host of the downtown Rams podcast with my fellow co-host Alexis Kraft where we cover the Rams and the NFL draft um I'm also uh, the owner of a YouTube channel. Uh, we just hit 10,000 subscribers. It's been a lot of fun uh, covering it. 85% Rams, but uh, 15% pretty much anything else, whether it's MCU, horror films, NFL, NHL, NBA, betting, all of that. Uh, really not a YouTube channel like mine, and it's not necessarily me bragging. It's just I don't. I have never <laughs> seen anything where you, you talk about sports and then you go right into talking about Michael Myers stabbing people. I, I don't think... If, if there is one out there, you guys let me know, but I haven't seen one. And then on top of it, um, I write for the game day uh, covering the NFL, NHL, and NBA uh, sports betting. So um, I do a lot. I, I do own uh, Downtown Rams, the company, um, in Downtown uh, Sports Network, LLC. So, um, yeah, that, that is me. You can follow me at JK Bogan. If you are interested, you can find all my stuff there. Incredible. I think you, this might, like be the first podcast where we gain a little bit of legitimacy in covering the NFL. Like, because the other guests we've had have just been, like, fans. We just, like, you know, we had a couple of other podcasters on, but, like, it's mostly just been, like, hey, I've, like, I started a podcast this year. Um, but, yeah, no, it's fantastic to have you. Thank you for uh, being here. Um, so let's talk about really the only kind of news story I want to talk about, which is directly related to the Rams. It's this... Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. getting uh, PD'd, um, or PES, should I say. So after his, his great performance and the wildcard uh, game, he's then posted on Twitter um, and Instagram, uh, sorry, Instagram, um, a, a funny post about him. And he's just like, this is how my year is going. Um, is this, do we think this is just in response to him, like, having his performance at the Browns versus how he's been at the Rams? Or do you guys think it's like just a standard thing that he's blowing up a bit? Um, I, I don't know why he did. I mean, to be honest with you, it doesn't look good on the Rams, uh, not on the Rams part, on the NFL's part, um, just, mm. you know, randomly drug testing guys that do well. Um, so I'm not really sure. I mean, I've really never seen anything like it. Normally at this point in the season, the drug tests are up. You know, they're, they're normally not drug testing every single week during the uh, postseason. But, yeah, I think it's silly. And, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because there's a lot of things I disagree with that this league does. Fair enough. Do you think Fair there's enough. anything, like, significant in it, though? Because, like, one of the stories I read today was the fact that, yeah, he was like, I made a joke about it because I've been drug tested a bunch before. But it seems to have, the number amount, the amount of times it's happened to me, as I've joined the Rams mid-season, that's it's gone up. So do, do you find oh, any significance in I it joining you. the Rams at all, or? Just I mean, then, then yeah, probably. Um, 
you know, I just I think it's kind of a weird, uh, weird little story. Um, I don't put too much, you know, emphasis on it, but uh, but yeah, it is it is weird for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the expectations is that he'll pass it. If he's making fun of it at this point, it's kind of like it shows confidence to me at least um, that he's confident it'll all pass and go through fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that kind of small discussion out of the way, unless we've got anything else we want to talk about, should we talk about this wild card week? Um, I was just going to quickly add because last week we talked, we mentioned about all the um, coaches and everything that had oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. left the teams. There was just one new one this week. Um, I can't remember the name, but I know it is the general manager from the Raiders who has been released. Oh yeah, Mike. Um, as Mike well. Murph. Is it Mike Murphy? No. Um, Mike Maycock. Mayock. There you go. Oh, I knew it was a Mike something. Yeah. yeah. Maycock. Um, yeah, I mean that. I mean that kind of doesn't surprise me after the the year that the Raiders have had with the whole Gruden situation, the rug situation. It's just been a bit of a, a tragic year for the for the Raiders, um, on and off the pitch. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's a definitely a, an unexpected one for me, considering the amount of GMs that have lost their jobs over after their final game of the season. Okay then, so wildcard week. Now, before we get into this, I just want to say, guys, after doing like eighteen weeks of covering you know 15 plus games or whatever what have you each week wasn't this week just nice like again because it's one of those things where we try and cover every game that happens so normally i try and watch at least the game in 40 of every single game to cover it properly and having only six games to watch this game i felt so relaxed this week (laughs) i I felt bored (laughs) you felt bored oh okay I guess that is the problem when you get to this sort of thing because you've only got sort of six games. It just gets a bit sort of. Uh, it's it you lose that it sort of loses that spark of just all these games happening at once and yeah, I can see why you get bored on that. Yeah, um, I definitely missed that. Well, I think it was less getting bored. It was more like one game was started it because I was just watching that that one game and it wasn't flicking through the red zone going to every yeah. other game. I was like, okay, I'll do I'll do the washing while this is on. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's not just sit here in front of this one game. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. But uh, Scruffy, run us down. Cool. So we shall start with the NFC wildcard round, I think, um, because the first game is um, LA. No, just just go in. Just go in order they were. Uh, I. Oh, okay. So I'll need to have a look then on that one. It was uh, Raiders Bengals first. Yeah, that's Raiders Bengals. Thank you. Cool. So start with the Raiders Bengals. Um, was Raiders nineteen, uh, Bengals twenty six. Uh, this was a fun game. This was, was a fun game to watch. Um, I wanted the Bengals to win it. Uh, I'll be honest with how they've their their seasons going. I think at least getting you know to the divisional round was would do them justice. Uh, once again, Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase just proves to be a combination that flounders most secondaries and loved it. Um, So there is one thing I have to start with, really, and this is open to anyone on this front. And if I remember correctly, this was uh, the game with some very questionable calls. (laughs) I I think this is the the first thing that needs to get brought up about this game. um, The throw? 
one of the touchdown passes from yeah. Burrow and uh, it yeah. Boyd caught it in the end zone. Yeah, this is the Did... one thing I was going to speak about. Yeah, it's 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 was was the whistle blown too early? It shouldn't have been blown. Question. Period. Uh, yeah, he didn't yes. step out of bounds. The referees made a mistake, and pretty much any Raiders fan that wants to say that they were screwed, all that would have been happening <laughs> is screwing the Bengals out of a touchdown. So, yeah. I mean, really, you're just upset that it ended up being a one possession game and that you had an opportunity because of that. Yeah, and uh, that's entirely an excuse. No, the Raiders didn't play good defense on that. Um, you can say that the guy gave up halfway through, but. You know, he really didn't. When you look at the replay, the whistle's blown, and, you know, Tyler Boyd almost has the ball in his hand at that point. I mean, it is almost there. You can't stop what you're doing that quickly. And to assume that everybody in the end zone heard the whistle, uh, I just don't think people are realizing, and they're very underestimating how loud it was in Cincinnati uh, in that game. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think the biggest thing as well is people always – easy way I've sort of explained why, even if – the whistle should have been blown, which it shouldn't. But even if there had been some case where that had been the case, he blew it while the ball was traveling. Which at that point, in my opinion, is you you catch it after that. The, the play was started before the whistle. And he was yeah, in. Yeah, so the, 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 the disagreement I have with that, like yeah. I've, I've looked a lot around it. So if even if that play was blown dead, they reviewed it, it shouldn't have been playing dead. What should have happened in the officiating world is yeah. that that play should have been replayed. Now, I'm not being funny. With the way that the Raiders were playing those sort of downs on defense, I think the, the Bengals would have scored anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I agree, it was an erroneous whistle. <laughs> but the officiating Sorry. team had very little idea of what they were doing <laughs> for, for a lot. Of, I don't want to insult them, but like, no, you, you can tell. No, I can. <laughs> I will insult them then, Jake. Thank you for your permission. They were a yeah. bunch of lunatics. Um, yeah, but you can they tell were an abomination they... to society. But anyway, yeah, and and you can tell that when they were taken, they've they've now been. I think that that officiating crew has been told they're not going to be able to do another postseason game for the rest of the season so yeah we might have we might have some good crews coming in for the rest of it it's just just that whole thing if i can't remember it was this game because i i did actually watch quite a fair few games this time and that's the positive of the wild card rounds um and i was watching quite a few games was this the one where the ref left his mic on i might have been yeah he basically was talking during an officiating point and he left his mic running yeah and they were just saying let's call it and then he realized his mic was on yeah, yeah. Um, so it really does sort of compound just how bad the officiating team were. I mean, it's been bad no matter what oh, game, yeah, 100%. no matter who is in charge. I mean, they are just they got to get better. I mean, you know, I'll say this right now. I've done a lot of research on the officiating and, mm-hmm. you know, which crews call the fewest flags. I'll tell you right now, Ron Torbert does a really good job of keeping it, um, you know, somewhat unbiased against the home and the away team. Um, and he doesn't throw that many flags. There was, I believe, around 10. Uh, per mm. game, which is actually really good average. Yeah. Um, and then Bill Vinovich, I mean, there may have been times he annoys me, but uh, he might be the best official in the league. He throws the fewest penalties. He has the best um, home versus away, uh, you know, flag percentage. You know, so he's not biased. He doesn't throw a ton of flags. He lets them play it out. Yeah. Um, doesn't throw, you know, a ton of flags on holding, interception, or, you know, uh, pass interference, things like that. You know, he's mm. really good. 
Um, I mean, my Rams this weekend have Sean Hockley, which, uh, you know, if you guys don't know, Tom Brady is 10 and one when Sean Hockley referees, uh, games. Um, he, you know, the only game that he refereed that Tom Brady lost was the Kansas city game during the regular season last year. Um, but you know, there, there are referees like Hockley that are top three in everything. Like, why are you top three in, in flags thrown, uh, offensive, uh, holding, um, you know, home, like, so basically they, they, they're, they're more of the home official. Mm. He throws more, uh, flags per play on the away team, uh, than the home team. So, I mean, you know, it, it's just, it's not good enough. You know, you gotta, you gotta get better. And, uh, I just think I'm, I'm hoping that with the unbelievably terrible performance that the officiating crew displayed throughout that whole first round, and I'm sure they were probably terrible in the Bills and Patriots game. It just didn't get close enough to actually find out. Um, you know, really what it comes down to is I'm hoping the NFL looks at this in the mirror, really takes a good hard look, and is like, you know what? We need better officiating. This is ridiculous. I'm sure there's guys that are better than this. Um, you know, Torbort, he's done a great job. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, officiating the Bills and Chiefs game. Um, Bill Vinovich isn't even officiating this week. So if he's not getting the Super Bowl, I, I don't even know what to say at this point. Mm. Um, but Sean Hockley shouldn't be officiating this week. And there's a lot of guys like that. Uh, actually, Boger's staff wasn't bad um, throughout the year. But uh, they were absolutely horrendous when they needed to not be absolutely horrendous. So the, the whole point is, you know, you don't want these things holding over people's heads. You don't want, uh, you know, this le the league doesn't want people to, you know, be like, you know, unsettled about a call and things like that. And that's why. I mean, they were embarrassed. They, they literally, you know, demoted him. Um, and, and, you know, that's the thing. So I think they need to get better officiating. And, uh, you know, I think all across the board it was really bad on Saturday, Sunday and, uh, and Monday wasn't awful, but, um, you know, there were some really, really bad calls. And, and I'd say, honestly, Monday, now I take that back, it was pretty bad because Cam Akers had over 50 total yards that were taken back on, yeah. you know, some really uh, ticky-tack holding calls. Yeah, I think the, the biggest one, even bigger than that touchdown, was incidentally still in the Raiders-Bengals. And that was the absolutely not roughing the passer. I'm, like I'm sorry if the yeah Dear if the God. Raiders fans want to complain about the Bengals they have to look at themselves because that gave them a 30 yard game yeah. during what could have won the Raiders the match if they'd actually capitalized on it like that could have won them the match that was not roughing the passer in any way that should have uh, yeah absolutely I think roughing of the passer has been one of the big contentious ones this year um, I think yeah we we need to have a review of the officiating over the over the off season because. I mean, the taunting calls have been ridiculous. The, oh, yeah. the roughing the passer calls in a lot of ones, a lot of games has been ridiculous. Um, so I think, yeah, we need to have a, a priority shift in, in the officiating kind of things. Um, moving on for that slightly, though, I do want to talk about a few of the Raiders um, that kind of, to me, underperformed. Uh, the first one I kind of want to pick up is uh, Deshaun Jackson, obviously. So, Jake, you would know a bit about Deshaun Jackson from his stint at L.A. He got cut just before the deadline, and then you picked up OBJ. What What do you think Deshaun Jackson's like career has been since he left uh, and, and was picked up by the Raiders? Because I've not seen a lot of him, and I thought he was a good receiver before he got cut by the, Ra uh, the Rams. I just think, you know, he kind of proved, you know, he's he's more focused on himself than a team. Um, yeah. You know, <clears throat> I think that's that's really what it comes down to. 
uh, for him to go up there on the podium and when he was picked up by the Raiders to say, you know, it feels good to be part of a winning environment, you know, after he just left a team that, you know, had lost one game to that point. I think they might have been undefeated. Um, it was just – it was hilarious, honestly. Um no, they were probably seven and one at that point. So, so yeah, I mean, they're seven and one. They just won a game without him because he just quit on the team. And then he goes to the Raiders and was just like, "It's such great part, great. Uh, it's so great to be part of a winning environment." Look, Deshaun Jackson had a chance to go back to L.A. You know, he mm-hmm. played he played ball at Cal. Um, you know, college ball at Cal. You know, he he always wanted to go back. He gets to go back to California. Furthermore, he gets to go back with Sean McVay, who he loved, had a great relationship with and who coached him uh, when he was the OC at, in Washington. Um, that really dynamic season he had with Garcon and, uh, of course, Kirk Cousins throwing the football. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of don't have any sort of, uh, you know, I have no sympathy for him. He made his bed. Uh, now he has to lay in it. You know, now he's a free agent. I feel like if he stayed with the Rams and just realized, hey, it's not about you, okay, Cooper Cup is going to have an incredible season. We're going to utilize you in the passing game when we need to. But we're not going to go out of our way to give you 10 targets a game. That's just not happening. No, absolutely. I think if, if he really bought into that, if he bought in the culture the way OBJ has, then, you know, he'd be in a great position for an extension. But, I mean, I don't see how anybody – like, he'll get brought back into the NFL. Some team will draft – you know, they'll pick him up and they'll do that. But he wasn't all that impressive with the Raiders. I think he had two fumbles. He had some drops. He had a drop touchdown. I mean, let's call it like it is, guys. He missed that touchdown. He mm. dropped that because he's trying yeah. to turn up field before he had the ball. You know, to me, Deshaun Jackson, and I mean, you know, his mom has come at me on Twitter about it, but Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> you know, is. Uh, <laughs> did you did you reply story. with "I'm sorry, Miss Jackson"? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's funny because even when we were on her side or on his side, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> she would call out like my uh, my writers. So like you know, like oh. my writer Blaine Greasack, who's the managing editor of DowntownRams.com, he would post something and it'll be like you know sarcastic, kind of like you know the idea like okay people are saying this, but yeah that's absolutely right, and then he'll show stats and prove why it's wrong, but she took it as if he was saying it, so she would go at him and be like no my, my uh, De- Deshaun is doing way better than you like and he's like I know. Miss Jackson, I'm on your side, you know, like, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. so, uh, so yeah, I mean, basically, y- you know, I, I was all for Deshaun Jackson, you know, when he was a Ram, I was able to, you know, I was rooting for him, but, uh, I didn't like the move initially. I, I felt like he was kind of stepping on the toes of what you had in Van Jefferson. Uh, got a lot of pushback from the fan base saying Van Jefferson's not a deep threat. Um, just so you know, Van Jefferson is sixth in the league this season in yards per reception so yes he is a deep threat i was right you were wrong anyway um so van jefferson went over 800 yards in the second season no big deal but uh no for real i I mean deshaun jackson went to a team and he really didn't have much of a footprint on them and that was really what happened even despite the fact that they had an injury uh to uh their their uh tight end um in darren waller and even still after their first round pick went to prison you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. He had so many opportunities to kind of slide himself in there, and all he had to show for it was pretty much the same with the Rams. Every now and then, he'll catch a really big play. He'll catch a really big pass, goes for a really big play, big-time playmaker, but in the end, you know, not enough to act like he owns the place. And, 
to me, you know, I'm sure he's kicking himself right now. You know, he has a chance to be playing for his hometown. He has a chance to be playing with McVeigh. He has a chance to be playing with Stafford. Um, you know, and I just – I think he really colossally botched this one because if they win a Super Bowl, I think they would have won one with Deshaun. I think they would have won one without Deshaun. Um, but, it, you know, he's going to sit there and be like, wow, I could have been a part of this. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Because, I mean, thinking about it, like the, the, the Raiders receiving core, obviously you got the, the big tight ends. Waller, uh, Foster Moreau's had a couple of good games. But the only real wide receiver on that team that I can think of is Hunter Renfro. Um, and I mean, he plays on special teams a lot. So you've got that opportunity to step up and be wide receiver one and, and allow Hunter Renfro to keep on his, like, you know, big game sort of stuff and then go on to special teams. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, when I, when I initially saw that LA had cut Deshaun and was picking up OBJ, I was like, well, why? What, what's, what's the, the philosophy here behind those, those moves. Um, but obviously it's worked out with OBJ having some great games and Deshaun proven that, you know, he's, he's, he's gone to gone away from the place where he could have been successful. But yeah, if anybody's got anything to say about that, should we move on to the next game? Yep. I, I was just going to say, I'm, just for this game, I'm, I'm so glad that they let Burrow have a rest the week before. Because he just, he came back and he just destroyed. Yeah. That's very true. But yeah, I, I, would, I was thinking that the Raiders had a better, you know, like rushing game. But looking at the stats, they didn't, they, they still threw for 310 yards. Which was like sixty to seventy more yards than the Bengals, and still lost. Yeah, still, still didn't pull off their. Oh, we'll win on the last second with a kick, like seven other games we've done this season. There you Which, go. Um, they, yeah, they didn't get that chance for once. Finally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, moving on from that, we'll move on to the uh, Patriots and the Bills, uh, which was on the Sunday, and uh, that. Is no, this was a Saturday. A game Saturday, before. sorry, I keep getting the NFL site loves to change it for our time zone. It says yep. Sunday for us, and I always get confused. Saturday, yeah. Um, Patriots <laughs> seventeen, Bills forty-seven. I will keep making that mistake. Oh yeah, see this. This is why we need the, the me to do the the NFL score sheet for you. Absolutely. Um, I'll make sure to get on it next week. Um, yeah. But no, this was a. I mean. This this was a an easy looking win for the Bills. It, like they they just ran everything so much better. I think this could have been a little bit of like postseason rookiness on some of the some of the the bigger players in, in the Patriots. So like Mac Jones, obviously. But the thing is that that always got me is Bill Belichick is really good at like getting rid of that kind of that that kind of pressure. So I didn't see the Patriots losing this badly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a big loss considering it's wild card. Yeah, like, that's a huge loss, and especially for the Patriots who have previously been blooming good. And I think at the start of the season, I mentioned will the Patriots, um, you know, com- um, considering obviously they now don't have Brady, um, will they suffer from that? And it. Well, kind I mean, they seems... didn't have Brady last year. No, they didn't, it's, but how did it's, they do it's then? The whole... That was the it, year it, I wasn't watching, remember? Yeah, no, absolutely. But again, it's one of those things where the Patriots, like, they've got Brady lighting. Mac Jones does yeah. everything that Brady does uh, in that Bill Belichick scheme. I think they were right to move on. It proves that they were right to move on from Cam Newton when the rookies come in and take some straight 
through to the um, to the postseason, whereas Cam Newton, a tried and tested quarterback, couldn't do that in that scheme. Um, but yeah, I think as I say, it's, it's don't get me wrong. The Patriots are always going to be the Patriots. They're going to be a big threat going forward. Um, oh, yeah. And and say as, as long as Bill Belichick is is head coach there, and I don't see why they would get rid of him um, after you know even if they had another bad season this year, I don't see why they would get rid of him. No, absolutely. Do Do you think um, obviously the score would definitely be closer, but do you think the way that the Patriots performed in the second half? I know not brilliant and amazing, but they mm. actually managed to get some touchdowns in. Yeah, if the entire game they performed that that way, do you think they would have been in a chance with winning it then, or not? I don't think so because I think the the Bills were just outscoring them. Even even if they'd have been able to put up a consistent performance all the way through the game, the Bills were just yeah. double that you know going at double speed. Because everything it's one the, of them the Patriots, at, yeah. At halftime, it was it was twenty seven three. Yeah, and the Bills clearly went into the locker room and they were like, "Okay, you know, we can take it a bit easier now. We can, you know, maybe rest a few people, get some art, and then just you know waste time, basically." But they they clearly in the locker room went, "No, no, no, let's you know push their faces into the mud." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this this is a you know this is a division rival, so yeah. at no point if, if there's a chance to humiliate a division rival, especially in the postseason, you take that chance. Um, yeah, and I say the, the there's only one reason why I don't want the Bills to go to the Super Bowl this year, and it's Mitch Trubisky. I do not want Mitch Trubisky to get a Super Bowl ring. Any reason? I I, I don't know context here. Uh, he was a former Bears quarterback. Right. Okay. Yep. 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 That's fair. <laughs> um, if, if a former Bears quarterback <laughs> gets a ring by being a second on the Bills. Yeah, the Bears. I riot. Get that. Yeah, I riot. Oh, I mean, it's not even we. We riot. Gary Gilbert has two Super Bowl rings. <laughs> oh God. I mean, I mean, hey, you know, the Super Bowl rings are kind of ridiculous because it's like, I mean, you know, it, here's the thing. Okay, Dan Marino is better than most guys that won a Super Bowl, and yeah. he doesn't have one. So you know, I like that's why, like, in the argument of who's the greatest of all time, I'm not mm. just like all about the rings because, like. You know, for instance, Carson Wentz deserves that ring just as much as Nick Foles. Nick Foles played very well in that game. Nick Foles was good in the playoffs. Carson Wentz put them in position to be in the playoffs. He was oh, amazing yeah. in that season. So, you know, it, it's like how do you – then all of a sudden you're trying to justify, well, did he put in enough effort to win a Super Bowl? But then Mitch Trubisky was the backup, and, you know, you could argue, you know, he's there. You know, he's – every week, you know, he's getting the second team ready and maybe even doing the scout team because of, you know, his – athletic ability and things like that and trying to simulate different quarterbacks and practices and yeah. you know trying to help the defense and get different looks you know it's like everybody kind of you know works their own part and does their own part uh, it's just a little bit different than you know the guys that are obviously on the main stage yeah, yeah. absolutely it's, it's just it, it's just something i don't i can't see because i say like with mitch biscay <laughs> being the quarterback that he's been for the bears I think it's just I dislike the Bears franchise, um, and especially with all this stuff of like over the past few years, everybody like I don't know if you knew this, Jake, but I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Um, okay. So for me, with every single year, with one small change, the Bears suddenly think that they're the dominant team in the NFL. Like they're going to run the table, they're going to do this. <laughs> the North now runs through the Chicago. Every year they get proven wrong so far, and I think it's just one of those things where like any. 
like any player that's been lauded as this like game changing quarterback that's going to change the NFL North, uh, sorry the NFC North, I I like seeing them like go down in the estimations of everybody else. So for me, Mitch Trubisky coming onto the pitch to take kneel downs, but still on a team that could go to the Super Bowl and win a ring is is just something that you know I can't I can't quite fathom at this point. <laughs> Yeah. No, I I get that. Um, you know, it's funny because for a second I thought you were a Bears fan when you were talking. No. So, um, <laughs> here's here's my here's my thing about that though. If you were a Bears fan, because I know there's a lot <laughs> I think of Bears you just fans. Just up a little bit. I, yeah. I did. Yeah. If if you were a Bears fan, because I, I know a lot of Bears fans hate Trubisky, um, then I would make the argument that Trubisky's actually innocent. Okay, Trubisky was not the best quarterback. No, he absolutely was not. But Trubisky was what we call a scapegoat because Matt mm-hmm. Nagy has already shown you, and if you are the one that's constantly saying Matt Nagy is the – yeah, then you're just proving my point that yeah. it wasn't just Trubisky. It was Matt Nagy. So if you're sitting there and saying, Matt Nagy, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, you need to be treating Justin Fields better, uh, congratulations, you just played yourself. You're saying Trubisky wasn't the problem. You're yeah. saying, indeed, it was Matt Nagy the whole time. So – You know, the whole Trubisky hate from his own fans and stuff, you know, from Chicago, um, I don't really agree with. Uh, Look, like I get, you know, he wasn't the best, but, you know, you look at, you know, different quarterbacks around the league and you're like, I mean, the Jets with Mitch Trubisky the year he threw, you know, seven touchdowns in that game against New England, I think they would have taken him this year. You know, I really think they would have taken that over Zach Wilson this year. I think that there's some teams that would take him and, you know, I think really it, the thing that's unfortunate is he had designed to be a backup quarterback and not even able to compete because of how screwed up Matt Nagy was and how messed up that he ruined his career. And so, yeah, you know, I feel for Trubisky. Uh, the offensive line could have been better. He used to get banged up all the time. The defense was great. I got that. But, you know, let's be honest here. You're just mad that you traded for Khalil Mack and it didn't work out because you spent all that capital on him. You weren't able to win anything. And now you just point to the closest thing, which was Mitch Trubisky because he was a quarterback. So at the end of the day, no, it was Matt Nagy's fault. Trubisky could be better. Sure. But he's, he was never going to be an elite quarterback and uh, your expectations were too high. And then you're contradicting yourself by saying, you know, it was all his fault when you're blaming Matt Nagy, which, by the way, you're right to blame Matt Nagy because he was legitimately the worst. He should go back to the Arena Football League where he threw 100 touchdowns one season and he should just stay there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I say like it's, it's been proven that fact where after this season, they've they've Matt Nagy has run out of tenure. Um, he's he's run out of like he's he's lost all the patience of the fans and the, you know, the owners. So it is it is proven. Um, yeah, I just the thing is, I just like I like hating on the Bears. And I say it's just it's just a fun pastime for me. So any like of those <laughs> hey, sort of players. <laughs> no, no, I I, I get that. I was just saying, you know, if you were a Bears fan, because I yeah. keep getting the whole, well, yeah, Trubisky gotcha. sucks, and Trubisky did this, and it's like, mm. yeah, but, like, you know, did you really support him? Like, did, did you <laughs> did you really? Like, you know, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of a franchise that still, over the last 10 years, still is, is you know, under 500. I, and despite the fact that they have Sean McVay, Sean McVay is, like, you know, on a, a fast track to being, you know, one of the most winning coaches in the sport. And that team was so bad for yeah. so long that despite getting Sean McVay in 2017 and going to the playoffs four out of the last five years, this team is still, over the last 10 years, in you know, below 500. They're in the negative. And they would be last place in the NFC in those 10 years in the NFC West. So 
to me, I just find it rich how people can be so quick to act like Mitch Trubisky was the problem. When in reality, you know, it was the coach because I can tell you right now, I sat there and I watched Sam Bradford. I watched Nick Foles. I watched Case Keenum. I watched Mark Bulger. I watched Austin Davis. I'll tell you right now, I loved Austin Davis. They never gave him a shot. You know, he played well. And then they benched him immediately after all of a sudden they realized they were going to run five to seven step dropbacks. They were, he was going to get pressured. They had no offensive line. They hadn't established the run. So they put Sean Hill back in, uh, Mr. Game Manager. And, you know, that that was that. But, like, I, I appreciated the quarterbacks when, you know, the Rams had them. I appreciated Bradford. You know, I realized he was not up to snuff of being a number one overall pick. And, yes, am I bitter that the one time the Rams get – the uh you know every time the rams drafted number one overall they would get a sam bradford instead of getting andrew luck who i mean let's just call it like it is guys the football gods are on the cold side i don't care <laughs> what happened with luck i don't care that he retired early they literally picked in uh number one overall twice okay yeah. we've seen guys go number one overall you could have gotten baker mayfield instead the colts got peyton manning and then the next peyton manning you know like it, it's pretty crazy how it works out for some teams and others it doesn't but yeah. this is what i mean and like my long rant as i finish it you know <laughs> just just appreciate what you have and just realize that look the quarterbacks may not be the greatest you may not be winning a super bowl with mitch trubisky but realize that if he had a better coach if he had a sean McVay, if he had a kyle shanahan you know a matt lafleur a zach taylor Honestly, who's to say we wouldn't be talking about Mitch Trubisky right now in the playoffs? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And uh, that was our coverage of the Bills-Patriots game. Which we instantly then move on to the Eagles-Buccaneers on this one. Um, Eagles 15, Buccaneers 31. And I will just jump in beforehand. There was, incidentally, another couple of sort of weird calls in this one. Yeah. I hate bringing up calls, but... One of the quite big ones, because the NFL loves to talk about the concussion rule and safety and player safety. Um, mm-hmm. But with the when they moved the ball back to the 10-yard line because of a hold call on Gronk, um, on Gronkowski, um, they missed a complete hit on Darden um, in the background. that He was tackled by the uh, Marcus Epps, I believe. Right. Because um, Darden had started getting up with his left knee still on the ground and um, basically... Uh, Kishon uh, Johnson lowered his head and just went straight into his helmet. You mean Kishon Vaughn? Kishon, uh, I'm reading off of um <laughs> point here, but yeah, it must. Oh, be. okay. Um, but it's Stacy Kishon Johnson for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's the um he lowered the head and just went straight into his helmet, which basically sent Darden backwards and onto his back. Um, and he lay there for quite a while. Like, there's an argument for holding back on some flags, but it's player safety. Yeah. At the end of the day, it should be enforced. And considering the NFL love mentioning player safety. The Tom Brady thigh uh, quarterback roughing was absolutely ridiculous, by the way. Oh, yeah. I was actually just going to move on to that one. Um, the, it, and it was like, it wasn't even borderline. <laughs> he's trying to pick him up while he's falling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like, oh, borderline. sorry, guy. And then like he's trying to pick. He's literally trying to hold him up. And they're like, yeah, he definitely did that with intent. Yeah, it's not even borderline. Like I've seen reports go, a borderline roughing the passer called, and I'm like, no, it's roughing the passer. Um, like it's by the rules, it's roughing the yeah. passer. Like if if the again the NFL 
apparently not following their own rules. Oh no no, I I just I don't think it was roughing the bastard. He oh, okay, hit him in the think. thigh and was like trying to pick oh, him up while he was going down. Gotcha. It was one of those ones where like it wasn't as bad as like the car one because I mean come on now, like yeah. I mean you know I think any quarterback will stand in there in the pocket if they just get to get you know uh, slapped in the helmet. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, <laughs> you know this one, obviously it looks bad, but he's also. Uh, it looks somewhat bad, but he's getting blocked into Brady's thigh, and then he makes sure while he's going down, he's trying to grab his arm so he can hold him up from going down. Like, to me, roughing the passer is when you show intent to harm the quarterback in a way that goes beyond the game. Yeah. You know? And so, like, I mean, I'd, I'd make the argument, you know, Stafford in L.A. doesn't get enough of those calls because I swear that guy gets decked and they're, they're, he just sits there on the ground or lays there on the ground in pain and the referee's like, yeah, I didn't see anything. <laughs> no, yeah. I have to say, Stafford does get unlucky with a lot of that sort of stuff because mm-hmm. he, I mean, the, here's the one thing. I've, I've said that Stafford is a great quarterback for quite a while. He's a fighter. Like, he will, he will pick himself out of the dirt, he'll pick other people out of the dirt, and he'll make plays. Like, I, I still remember when he, I think it was he dislocated his non-throwing arm, went onto the pitch, threw the touchdown, and was immediately taken to the locker room to, to go from there. Um, But yeah, I, I just think, I mean, there's a there's a reason we're, we're not talking about the game that, that actually happened, because it was just a blowout by the, uh, by the Buccaneers. Like, the only time that the Eagles looked competitive was when I guess everybody on the pitch for the Buccaneers had turned off in the fourth quarter thinking there's no way they can get 32 points in the in this quarter um which is then when the 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 Eagles scored all 15 of theirs um just wanted to follow up with you this I, I remember Bruce Arians got fined uh for hitting a player on the helmet I can't remember what that was yes. was that was that the one where they got flagged for trying to they could have. No, 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 no. Um, there was a there was a fumble on the Eagles' their uh, punt catch. Um, loads of players dived in. I think the Buccaneers received the ball. I can't remember which player it was on the book side. Went to was like picking one of the Eagles players up yeah. out of yeah. the pile. Yeah. Um, and as he did that. Uh, <laughs> he ran on and slapped him over the back of the helmet because it can be seen as. Uh, right. Whatever the call is, so it could have, uh, you know, they've literally just got the ball back from a, a fumble. It could have been flagged, and then the Eagles end up with the actual ball like they should have yeah. in the first place if they wouldn't have fumbled. So yeah, yeah, with his limp and his ice pack on his leg, <laughs> it took three steps and just slapped him over the back of the helmet and shouted at him. Mental. And the guy Grant's... just like walked away. <laughs> yeah. Well, granted, guessing the fine. I mean, again, it's they've got to do it. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll never say it's right for a coach to do that. <laughs> I mean, Arians um, has said he'll appeal it, um, but oh, I mean, yeah, this I is this is apparently the you know it's being likened to Urban Meyer kicking uh, former kicker Josh Lambeau. Um, never seen that one, and I don't think I really. It was during a practice, so. Oh, I mean, okay. like I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I get that you shouldn't be hitting anyone anyway, but yeah, yeah. I'm That's assuming I mean. that the the thing is, it's like. Yeah, I'm not full on decking him. He's yeah. got a helmet on. I'm literally yeah. just doing that, like slap round the back of the head, like people you have done to us when we're on. kids. Is yeah. like, well, you dick, why are you doing that? Yeah. Literally doing, doing that. that. Yeah, um, I, yeah. And then I I'm turn not... around and like, daddy, no. Oh, God, <laughs> Don't get the belt. 
but yeah, I think the, I think the point is, yeah, it's not that I'm saying that they should never do that. It's just, it's contextual at the end of the day. There is context behind it. It is a just, what the hell are you thinking here? Rather than Bruce Arians being violent. Yeah. Um, I think oh, that's it, the, it was that's number the line. It was number 26, Andrew Adams. Okay. Um, who okay. got slapped over the back of the head. <laughs> But yeah, let's 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 actually talk about some of the football, shall we? Um, yeah. Is there any Good way football. that the Philadelphia Eagles could have won this game? Can we end that conversation with no? Yeah, <laughs> that's I, a fully legitimate. I, I would say, I would say yes. Um, you know, here's the thing: they got stop after stop after stop when it was too late. It was too yeah. late because Jalen Hurts missed so many opportunities down the field. And I swear every positive Philadelphia Eagles play regardless was getting called back due to a penalty. So, mm. I mean, I do think they had a shot, um, but that's that's literally why that they were the, you know, the seventh seed. You know, this, this this is why that they had to play for their playoff lives. This is why they didn't win the division. And this is why the seventh seed should probably not exist because, uh, yeah, they have shots. They're in it. But, um, you know, we saw there's only – Guys, in the history of the seven seeds, two years, uh, they are one. They're zero and four, uh, one and three, in which you know teams actually have at least a <clears throat> one possession game. The only one possession game for a two and a seven seed has come against the Bills and the Colts. The Colts came back. They almost won the game because Josh Allen took a twenty-yard sack that took them out of field goal range. That would yeah. ice the game. Um, and to be honest with you, they get outscored uh, double. So. Yeah, I think the seven game, the seven team experiment, the seven seed experiment should come to an end. Um, and I think this this game kind of shows you, you know, the Eagles have some pieces, but there's just not, they're just not anywhere near as good as Tampa. Did they have a, sh- a chance? Yes, they had so many opportunities. This is part of why I'm not sold on Tampa because they could not put the Eagles away. Yeah, mm. I, I I would like agree with you that they had a chance from what I'd seen in the Eagles at the start of this season, but. Their progression throughout the season, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't think they put enough out there, and I don't think they had the ability to put enough out there, especially Hurts. Like at the start of the season, yeah, I kind of rooted for him, and I thought he was going to be, he was going to have an amazing season, and it just sort of went downhill for certain games. So I, I didn't think that he would have had the um, ability to do that. All right then, cool. And that was the first of the Sunday game. Should we move on to the second Sunday game? Yes, that would be the 49ers-Cowboys. I would indeed. So that was 49ers-23, Cowboys-17. I would say the main note that I had on this one is that the Cowboys beat themselves. 100%. I don't know know if they were in their own heads, just like giving penalties away left, right and (laughs) centre, but 49ers were so like, cool calm and collected about everything i i I probably i haven't seen how many like penalties they gave away but i'm pretty sure about 50 percent of them were on purpose so they had more yards to throw it instead of being you know so close to the end zone that the Hmm. defensive line are just on top of you um but yeah the, the cowboys beat themselves i mean that's that's the thing we said in our in our preview last week that the 49ers they have the better offense and the better defense, in my opinion, and I think you know both of you agreed with me. Um, but the the Forty Niners with Kyle Shanahan and um, and Jimmy G 
just seem to link up well and and do things that that you know shouldn't shouldn't really exist sort of thing um and i i do agree with you especially like the the, the typifying thing of the the cowboys beating themselves was that last play when they should like Dak Prescott ran too far, gave the ball yeah. to the wrong person, then the entire O line and himself blocked the uh, ref or down judge to actually place the ball, and then the whistle was blown. Like that to me was the typified that kind of Cowboys performance of the entire game. They had the every opportunity to put the game to bed, and and you know muffed it up. And I, I don't think if they made, you know, that, that one second difference, I don't think they would have made the touchdown anyway. Um, for some reason, like, when I was watching this, I just felt that, like, Prescott had sort of, like, lost a bit of his, like, passing spark. I don't know what it was about it, but the, the amount of passes that I saw where he was, like, rather than going to the person or in front of the person... He was going quite low. I don't know if he was playing it safe, you know, trying to keep it out of arm's yeah. reach and inceptions. But there was just some of the passing. I thought that there was possibly something up with him, like injury-wise. Um, and I just didn't think he was on top form, really. No, I, I would agree with you. Like, there, there was... I mean, he he still had a relatively okay passing game, like 23 for 43, 254 oh, yeah. yards. But I agree, there was, there was many big play shots downfield that you know, you'd have expected somebody like C D Lamb to have, have pulled in. C D Lamb only had one um one carry for five yards and what was it, one reception for twenty one yards. Like C D Lamb had a quiet game for, for what he should have been on this offense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the it, I think it came down to offense not making the plays that they should do and yeah. have done in previous games and then defense especially the defensive line, giving away those stupid um, false start penalties. Oh, yeah. Just giving the 49ers more first downs. There was a point where, like, they hadn't even set up yet, and it was, like, fourth and three or something. And I was like, (laughs) Cowboys are going to do something and give them a first down. And then it happened. Yeah, Yeah, so the, the the Cowboys had 14 penalties in total for 89 yards. And Mike McCarthy still thinks he's able to run a game. Like, I can't believe that they're about to absolutely implode. Like, they have Kellen Moore and they have Dan Quinn, and yeah. they're going to let them go to keep Mike McCarthy, who surprisingly mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers was able to somehow win a Super Bowl with. I don't even know how. Would have won seven or eight with Bill Belichick. But anyway, um, you know, what it, what it comes down to is this, okay? With the Cowboys, they were never that good. They didn't beat anybody worth a damn all year. They played against the easy NFC East, the same NFC East that every single year. Over the last 10 years, there hasn't been a repeat winner. There's a reason for that. So the Cowboys are going to let those two guys go. Okay. Simple as that. They're going to let those two guys go, and then they're going to continue with their mediocrity. Now Amari Cooper wants a new contract. Michael Gallup's a free agent. And, oh, by the way, like with the Cowboys – when you looked at that game against the 49ers, the 49ers were the sixth seed. The 49ers ran them out of their own building. Yeah. Now, 
third seeds all time have about a 4% chance of winning a Super Bowl. I don't know why, but they have a worse chance than the fourth seed, which I always found really funny. And it feels great because I'm a Rams fan. They have the fourth seed. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the Cowboys didn't play the Rams. The Cowboys played the Bucks and lost. The Cowboys played the Cardinals and lost. That same Cardinals team, the Rams just, you know, basically bent over backwards. Um, so my point here is that the Cowboys at no point during the season, statistically because they inflated it against teams like Washington and, and Philly and, and the New York Giants, statistically speaking, they were the number one defense. Statistically yeah. speaking, they were the number one offense. But they really weren't because when it mattered the most, they didn't show up in their own home. And you can't say, well, oh, it's because they sat their starters because they didn't. You can't say, oh, it's because they played their starters because we've seen – teams are actually more likely to play their starters now in the last game of the year because it keeps them fresh. It's why yeah. Aaron Rodgers yeah. played half uh, the game against the Lions. But, you know, this idea that we just hate the, the Cowboys for what they are because it's like, well, they're America's team. Explain to me when the last time they were in the Super Bowl because I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Cowboys haven't been good in my lifetime. You know, I mean, I, really, no, absolutely. You know, I really so, don't get why they called America's team. I, yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's just so insane. And I mean, the biggest thing I guess most people have a problem with is Ford Center as well. Um, the practice facility and everyone goes, oh, there's a massive amount of money. It, they're not that good at the end of the day. Long and short. No, of, absolutely. They're just not that yes. good. I mean, Dallas Cowboys, not that good. There you go, there's a new slogan for them. <laughs> One of the um, funniest <laughs> things, like going back to like just... <laughs> Not talking about the game. One of the funniest things, I don't know if anybody noticed this. Um, mm -hmm. Leighton Van Der Esch, uh, his jersey was misspelled on the field. Don't know was if anybody. It? Yeah. I saw, oh, I oh yeah. I saw that. a post about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it? Hang on. I have yeah. to go. Yeah, I think this. they're so in the S with the wrong word. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Van Der Esch. Yeah. I just. It was one of those things that, like, I hadn't talked about properly, but, like, it was, like, it, it just it just reminded me. I was looking through the stats and I just saw Van Der Esch's name. I was like, I'm gonna. I, I, I've just got to bring this up as soon as I remember it, because otherwise I'll forget about it again. Yeah. But oh, yeah, no. I, I like going off of the whole America's team hype. I think it was they had a good run back in the '80s, and like coined that term. Jerry Jones coined that term, and Cowboys fans won't let you forget it. Like, yeah, unfortunately. But, <laughs> once again, we are saved from, uh, you know, we dem boys and all that kind of oh stuff. God. Yeah. Um, it's almost as bad I, as who day. I will <laughs> say as well, like, from um, a 49ers standpoint as well, uh, I know for a fact that once Garoppolo's um, career is over in the NFL, he's 100% got a backup plan in modelling. He's a very attractive man. No, he, he is, is beautiful. He is like, he is my man crush, like NFL man crush. Uh, you, no. I'd say I, I, I will, I will. Uh, that's the, that's how we're gonna end uh, the commentary on the Cowboys yeah. 49ers game. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yes, uh, I think there was no mention of Debo Samuel whatsoever. No. <laughs> Uh, I mean that, that, like, yeah, all right, fair enough. If you want to go back to that? Debo Samuel had a fantastic game. Moving on. <laughs> exactly. Um, then moving on to Steelers Chiefs. Uh, Steelers twenty-one, Chiefs forty-two. 
they, they, the first people to put up points during this game were the Steelers from a defensive um, like interception f- yeah. fumble. Uh, uh, yeah, TJ Watt. Yep. Which, ironically enough, the Did ball just landed in his hand, and he's like, yeah, I'll take it into the house. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, oh, oh wow. Thanks. My, my life is easy for the first time this year? Okay, sure. Yeah. There's the mulligan I was hoping for. Yeah, it's uh, been really difficult yeah. on that, what, $10 million deal that he had for this oh, no. year alone. Like, That's terrible. I mean... I mean, we've, know, got a, we've got a guest. What do you think about TJ Watt? For yeah. That, well, deal, oh. overrated or not. I mean, TJ Watt is Defensive Player of the Year. And, uh, you know, Aaron Donald is better. doesn't mean that he, you know, Aaron Donald's not better. But T.J. Watt, when you put up those numbers, I mean, you have to win defense player of the year. It's why Cooper Cup should win MVP. I, I don't care what anyone says. I mean, he had the he had the best season of anybody in the entire league. So, um, you know, but I, I do think, you know, you got to give respect to T.J. Watt and what he was able to do. And the Steelers are not in the playoffs. They might not have won five or six games without T.J. Watt. So, uh, yeah, I'd give him defensive player of the year. Um, I was a little bummed about this game. I wanted to see Ben be able to, you know, lead that team back. Um, it, it's just, it's too hard, man. You know, that that offensive line limits you so much. He dealt with so many drops, and, you know, Najee Harris isn't 100%, so they can't establish the run. And then, um, y- you know, Matt Canada, just awful play calling. Uh, I don't know who was worse, him or Randy Feekner last year. So, um, you know, really what it came down to is that it, it just piled on. You know, the yeah. defense did a nice job. They continued to hold, you know, one of the most explosive offenses. And um, you can only do it for so long. Patrick Mahomes in the postseason, I mean, you know, minimum of five quarterbacks. Um, uh, five quarterback starts. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs, they're 32.2 points per game average. It's the most in NFL history. Blimey. So, you know, that's uh, – mm-hmm. I just think it would have been cool to see the Steelers come back. Um, but, you know, it, it like I said, the seventh seed, you know, that's really what it comes down to. It's just they're, yeah. they're not that good, and they're not going to be able to hang with them. And we're talking about now teams – we're splitting hairs. You know, teams getting nine wins are making the playoffs, uh, and it's just – you know, all and for what? You know, you're just taking away a buy away from the the two seeded teams. Uh, you know, Tampa wins 13 games, second most in the league. They get a, mm. they would have gotten a buy instead. They have to play uh, the first round of the playoffs, and then uh, Kansas City. You know, so I I don't like it, but you know, it it's going to be that way. It, it adds more teams, adds more money, as we saw the most ridiculous thing yes. ever to have a Monday Night Football uh, wild card game, just absolutely atrocious, and the scheduling's pathetic and. Um, it, it's kind of it ruins the integrity of the playoffs and the idea that it is a clean slate, and the fact that you know you're having a Monday night game where now whoever wins is at a disadvantage, seeing as they have to uh, play on one day uh, fewer rest than the team that they're going to play against. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the thing is the the argument for and against the seventeen. Personally, I like it because it's more football to watch. That's just, I like it, more football to watch, I'm happy with it. I get everything where you're coming from, I just think this is going to be, this is the evolution of the league, there's going to be more teams in the league in the next 20 odd years, there's going to be more playoff games, they're going to redo a lot of the playoff structure I believe, because at the end of the day they they have to be seen to squeeze every penny out of consumers of the game. And if they're not making more games happen, more teams, this, any other, I, I just think that's going to be the evolution of the game. Um, I love evolution. 
So you you genuinely think this good like it's going to evolve into more than the standard thirty two team? Oh, you know, I, I I absolutely think there's either going to be something like a fifth team introduced into all four divisions, or they'll introduce a new division. Like there'll be an AFC or NFC Central or something along that lines. Oh that, yeah, I get it. Yeah, the, the paid DLC. Oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Like the, that's the thing. Like you you think about it in terms of like. The ad revenue, you know, obviously you've got those big money contracts coming through for the broadcasting rights that are kind of come into effect for the, the spending cap in 2022. There's just so much more potential if you add in another, you know, four teams per uh, AFC and NFC, like the conferences. I just think, I just see that's where they're going with it. Like they're trying to squeeze as much money out of it as they can at the moment. Obviously you've got the new, the two new wildcard games at the moment. You've now got the 17 game season. With all these changes coming into effect, there's of course going to be, well, we've now got a 22 game season, 14 wildcard games, let let's expand let's expand the franchises. I think that's just where the natural evolution is going to be. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure to be honest. It's one of those things of just sort of I like the sport for the sport and yeah. I'll I get where you're coming from though because like if a, if anything like is a constant when it comes to big companies and brands yeah. Money is the way forward, regardless of how they want to put it out. Exactly, exactly, and that's just the thing. Like with them expanding the game schedules, all this kind of stuff. At some point, somebody's going to float the idea of an NFC and an AFC Central, or expanding each division to five teams. I think, I think that the the cleaner way to do it would be to introduce the new kind of divisions, the new conference, uh, the new divisions into the conferences. But I don't. I wouldn't put it past NFL officials to introduce a fifth team into each of the each of the divisions. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, no, this was, as I say, like going back to the, the actual game at hand, um, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, I, I didn't expect him to win this game at all. I, I but, and say the only reason we're talking about him for another week is because the Colts absolutely blew it against the Jags. But this, this was... You know, Ben's last last foray into the, the postseason. We assume there's again been no official announcement made, but everybody's talking about it being his last season. Um, I was going to say, I, I, to has be. he officially announced that he's uh, retired now? Because I, I know it's been talked about, and especially his uh, last game at Heinz Field. Um, yeah, but I I, I wasn't sure if it was a hundred percent like announced yet that is his final game. He's done with it now. No, I think like again, Ben was. Ben will probably, like, knowing him, wait until the whole thing's done and dusted. He'll wait till the Super Bowl's done um, and wait till that gap. Because, as I say, he's just a, the consummate professional. He will wait until the whole season's wrapped up. He's not going to be announcing it straight away and take media attention away from games at hand. I think Ben is, is that kind of person who will wait until the season's done dusted, until we're in that gap between the Super Bowl and the draft. He'll wait until that period to announce full retirement. How um how annoyed would you be if he announced it on the same day of the Super Bowl and he also announced that his new business part- partner was Antonio Brown? <laughs> going for the spotlight. Oh, that's the ultimate going for the spotlight. <laughs> I say ultimate, just both of them, just like TikTok. 
<laughs> social I, media moguls. Right, okay, here's the thing. If you tell me that Ben Roethlisberger is doing TikTok dances, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board. Like, I'll watch that. Like, the guy has no mobility on a, on a football pitch. I want to see him dance. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, like yourself, I didn't think he'd go win this, but it, it would have been nice to see him at least. At least put up some more points on the board at the very least. Uh, yeah, but that's been the Steelers all season. Like they they have a great offense in, in who's on it sort of thing. And, and say with with Big Ben, it's it's kind of he's always been consistent. They've never had a losing season. Going back to Jake's point about the Rams uh, not getting to five hundred, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. So of course they were always going to be in the picture as long as they were consistent enough. But they've never. At least I don't remember a game this season where they just completely blew out an opponent. Yeah, I don't think I can remember one either, to be honest. I'll take that complete silence as, as um, yeah, as nobody remembering either. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, the Chiefs getting that, that I mean, deserved win. If, if the Steelers had have won this game, we would have been talking about this game for a long time about being an absolute upset. But yeah, I think uh, I think we should move on to the main attraction, the one that I've been dying to get to, yeah. uh, to talk with Jake about. Um, Scruffy, introduce the yep. Monday night game for us. We're, we're first, back on the box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first you know. question I have to ask, actually, is everyone still here? Because I just want to check if Jake's still on the mic, if he's still there. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, awesome. I, I, I <laughs> you're bit, just though. very... Okay, yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about this game quickly and then, uh, then yeah. we'll you... let you go. Yep, Sounds so this, this is the important one for you on that front, I guess. Cardinals-Rams. Uh, Cardinals 11, Rams 34, which is pretty much the result <laughs> most expected, I guess, on that front. I don't even know if most did. I mean, you know, really? the way I was hearing is that Matthew Stafford can't win a playoff game. Matthew Stafford, yeah. I trust mm. Kyler Murray, who's never played in a playoff game before, more than Matthew Stafford. Look, the, the context <clears throat> matters. You know, the narratives out there that Matthew Stafford's never won a playoff game, they made it out to seem like he was playoff Tony Romo. That was not the case. This is somebody that scored four touchdowns in his first ever playoff game against the Saints. It's just the Saints scored 45, and Matthew Stafford doesn't play defense. Then you look at the, the second game against Dallas. Uh, they lost. He threw a pass to Brandon Pettigrew that he was pass interfered. They threw the flag, and then they picked it up. It was so insane that Mike Pereira literally after the game said that they made a major mistake picking it up and probably would have given uh, the Detroit Lions the win over the Cowboys in the playoffs. Then you go to the third game. Yeah, he didn't play well in the third game. I don't know who's going to play well in the third game. You're going up against the Legion of Boom Seahawks with your running back checks notes. Oh, it's Zach Zenner. So, yes, I'm sorry. It is not Matthew Stafford's fault. He is 0-3 in the playoffs. He's done as much as what he could do with what he had. Yeah. So the narrative the whole time, this idea that I had and other people had that, oh, maybe if Matthew Stafford, you take his talents, you put him around, you know, a bunch of players on, say, the Rams uh, that know how to play this game, have playoff experience, that are a winning culture, maybe, just maybe, he'll not only win a playoff game, but he might win a Super Bowl. And so here we are, we're talking about him the next week, uh, going on to the divisional round against the guy everyone calls the GOAT. And I think <clears throat> it's not a surprise. You know, basically, it's exactly what we said. Matthew Stafford 
has turned himself into a top five quarterback this year in football. Besides the in- interceptions, which everyone brings up, yeah. if you look, he has ten, uh, two more turnovers than uh, you know Patrick Mahomes and and Josh Allen, whatever. But my point is that when you look at it. Matthew Stafford is exactly what we wanted him to be and exactly what we thought he would be. So this idea that you're going to give Kyler Murray the benefit of the doubt, who's never played in a playoff game, you're going to give Cliff Kingsbury the benefit of the doubt over Sean McVay, who is 1-10 against Sean McVay, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know uh, what people were thinking, but I did see a lot of it. Not everybody was as smart as you guys were. Um, I saw a lot of people saying the Cardinals – um, the, should could the Rams have lost if, if things went down differently? Yes, like it, it could have been different if the Rams uh, instead they didn't get to defer. Um, that changes the game because if the Cardinals get the the coin toss, you know, then they defer. Uh, they would get in the second half. The Rams wouldn't have had that you know that momentum, all of that, whatever. That's potentially true, but how much would it have changed it? I mean, the Rams were the better team. They fluke. Yep. There was a fluke loss earlier in the year when they lost their running back uh, to an injury in that game. Uh, they went away from the run. They didn't have Odell at the time. So, you know, now they're a different team. And we saw them with this new team. Uh, they beat them in their own house. Uh, so we saw them more recently. You know, Arizona had only beaten one team, and it was Dallas, who I also thought were frauds. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call them the Arizona Fraudinals, but, um, you know, if you want to call them that, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, I would say that this is what I expected, and the Rams losing to the 49ers helped them more than people want to admit. I think losing the Niners now means you don't have to win nine straight. The pressure's off in that regard. You just have to win four straight. Now it's down to three straight to win a Super Bowl uh, because you beat the Cardinals. Rams dominated this game, and they really did it in a way where um, the defense was unbelievable. They're clicking at the right time, looking like last year's defense in the playoffs, and they're healthier. And, um, you know, we're finally starting to see, you know, when I was using the quote-unquote excuse that Aaron Donald was 30% healthy and Cooper Cup wasn't healthy at all in the playoffs, uh, like quote-unquote excuse against why the Rams, you know, weren't able to beat the Packers. Of course, if they had, you know, Stafford over Goff, that might have been a different story. That excuse is starting to come to fruition because this is the first week in, in the playoffs in the history of Cooper Cup's career that he is playing a divisional round. He's yeah. never played in the divisional round before. They didn't have him for the Super Bowl run in 2018. And if they did, you, I can tell you right now, 13-3, to that's a little bit of a different game if Goff has his security blanket in Cooper Cup. And we've already seen what he can do. On top of it, Aaron Donald was 30% healthy, played about 10 snaps against the Packers before he called it you know, a day. Um, so it, it's a different team right now. It's a team that no one really wants to face, whether they feel like they do or not. Um, even the Niners fans, you know, there's a lot of Niners fans out there that believe, well, when we've won six straight times, we're going to win again and go to the Super Bowl. If that happens, I'm telling you right now, if the Rams play the Niners in the playoffs uh, to go to the Super Bowl, if they play in the FC title game, if the Niners knock off the Packers, and I hate to break it to you, um, I do kind of believe that's going to happen. I don't know why. Uh, I just feel like, you know, Rodgers 0-3 against the Niners in playoffs, and, um, you know, they're just they're, – they're doing – a lot of great things right now they are they are really heating up at the right time but i'll say if the rams play the niners again just remember that the rams had a 17 nothing lead that they blew yeah and a lot had to go their way so much so after uh you know von miller or yeah von miller sacked jimmy garoppolo and they punted with under two minutes to go 
ESPN calculates they had a 0.4 chance of winning the game. They ended up winning, and it went to OT. I think things would be different, and I do think the Rams would win to go to the Super Bowl. They've already won in an environment to go to the Super Bowl that was a hostile environment, so if they have to go to Green Bay, I do think that they would do that as well. Um, they won against the Saints. Uh, we, we all know that to go to the Super Bowl on the road. Um, so, you know, I feel like this team, uh, this was this was a message that was sent to everybody that, hey, you know, we, we still exist. I know you saw us lose to the 49ers, but we're going to respond the right way. That's what they did in front of the home crowd that looked like a legit home field advantage against the Cardinals. I'm going to I say, I, I hear a lot of the points you're saying. I think that that game against the 49ers for, for Week 18 was, was a fluke in the franchise sort of thing. Um, I like your analysis of um, Stafford versus Goff. I just don't think... So, I, I, like you, I like LA to beat the Buccaneers in the next game. I don't think the 49ers are going to beat Green Bay. Um, I think that Green Bay have got a lot of people coming back that are going to make that team more complete. I mean, most if you look at the Green Bay games for the last seven to, to you know 11 games we had a lot of starters out of the out of the mix like our o-line was a mismatch of anybody we can put in those positions you look at the the the, the losses in fact like to um to Kansas City where we didn't have Aaron Rodgers and then the loss in the week 18 where we'd kind of taken our foot off the gas for the last half of it but we were beat by a Lions team that kind of threw every trick in the book at them because they knew they had nothing, absolutely nothing to lose or gain in that kind of thing. Um, I think wholeheartedly that the Packers beat the 49ers. I don't see the LA Rams beating the Packers in Green Bay. I think there's a good amount of, um, like, what what this, what this Packers team to me this year is they're scrappy and they find ways to win games with with or without their main guys. There's a there's specific examples of why they lost in these games, but I mean, if if we'd have actually played everybody like for all of the games that we had, we would be looking at a completely different narrative on the Packers team than we are at the moment. Um, but as I say, I just think. With this Packers team has the absolute capabilities, much like the Rams do in in a lot of the games, to go to the Super Bowl. I just think if if scheduling works out the way I think it's going to, with LA beating the Bucks, LA going to Green Bay, I don't see LA beating Green Bay in Green Bay. Um. Well, what I'll say is this: I look at the the Rams and uh, you know Green Bay game, and you know. Green Bay had the ball for two-thirds of that game, and they only won by eight. Um, the Rams have completely changed their offense since then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking 12, 13 personnel groupings. Uh, they have Cam Akers back, who, to be honest with you, I think Cam Akers might be the scariest player, uh, aside from Debo Samuel, in the entire playoffs. I mean, what yeah. he can do uh, straight off that injury. Um, I think the Rams are beating whoever stands in their way as long as they handle the Bucks this weekend. Um and I think that's definitely a pick you want to get in on before you know Vegas starts uh, realizing that as well. <laughs> I'm not much of a betting man, but yeah, I think uh, I think this this week I might get it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I say like you, you're talking about cat makers. How big of an impact did he have coming back from that injury? Like everybody touted he wasn't going to be back for this season. He comes back. How big of an impact did he have on this game? 
overall, uh, do you think? Massive. Yeah? Uh, massive. Yeah, the defense obviously set the table, so you're not taking anything away from the defense. But, I mean, Cam Akers, you know, essentially, you're looking at a guy that can do it all, and Sony Michelle's biggest issue is he's not really a receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just not – he's not a good receiving back, uh, very limited. So now you have Akers. Akers has a 40-yard grab. Uh, Stafford and him aren't even on the same page yet. They barely had practice together, so he missed that one throw. If he hits that throw, I mean, that's another 40 yards that, that you know went away. And then you take 100, you know, what, 50-plus yards of penalties that were taken away. You're looking at potentially close to a 200-total-yard game of Akers. That's what I don't think people get. And and he kind of, you know, he he didn't start the game. Sony Michelle started the game. So yeah. it just tells me that that explosive ability, that can bail them out of tough situations. And if the Bucks come to play and, you know, at the end of the day that they're able to stop the run, um, then, you know, great. But I think Akers' ability in the passing game is really what makes him, you know, of that top level. I think he's in the argument next year, you know, in fantasy uh, top five running back, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I, I was just going to say just from what you said at the beginning, I, I honestly don't understand where people were coming from that they, they thought the Cardinals were in with a chance of winning this game in the first place. Just looking at their season from this year, they clearly had something happen mid-season and they've just been on a, a downhill uh, trajectory since. It was only because of the the way they started that season. They're in these playoffs in the first place. Yeah, I, I I know, and you know they they kind of went up against some easier teams. They got Tennessee at the right time. Uh, you know they everyone forgets they got Tennessee week one. They dominated Tennessee. Tennessee has not looked that bad at any point this year since. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I just wanted to pick up. Obviously, we're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. earlier on in the show. Um, do you think? I say he had that throwing touchdown, not throwing touchdown, throwing pass. Which is oh my god, that's just a, a two words that don't need to be said together. Do you think if you didn't drop Deshaun Jackson, he would have been able to fit in that role that OBJ has been in, and you know take a, a step back, do a throw, and go from there? Or do you think this is the, the only the only something that OBJ in the right mindset can pull off? Um. Do I think? Uh, sorry, could you explain that again? I yeah, sorry. Um, OBJ had that throw. Uh, he had one attempt at a throw, forty-yard completion. Is that something that if you don't drop Deshaun Jackson, obviously we're, we're talking about OBJ being the a direct kind of put in for Deshaun Jackson. If Deshaun Jackson had have bought into the team a bit more, do you think they would have been doing the trick plays like they have been with OBJ? Um, not throwing it. No. No. Um. I mean, maybe Akers throws that because Akers was a quarterback in high school. Um, right. Cooper Cup has some quarterback background. He can throw it. They're emergency quarterback situation guys. But uh, but no, I, I don't think so. I mean, Deshaun Jackson was a one-trick pony. I mean, let's call it like it is. He's a guy that just ran straight down the field and was like, yeah. throw it to me. You know, okay. if you run by the guy, you know, Stafford's ability to throw the ball, you know, then, yeah, you know, he's going to be able to make a play on it. But, you know, that that's pretty much what – that's pretty much always what, you know, um, Deshaun Jackson was. <clears throat> fair enough, fair enough. Next question, OBJ. Do you think he is on drugs? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that's that's obviously. Yeah, I don't not. think he is. 
He's not. It's just silly random testing. But yeah. That's just where I thought that question was leading in the first place when <laughs> Greg asked it. What would you do? Yeah. Oh, Drugs? Okay. No. <laughs> no, we covered that. If I'd, if I'd yeah. have thought he was, I'd have said that during the news story. But yeah. yeah. The th- thing yeah. is, as well, about this game is like, it didn't particularly start off too well for the Cardinals, but it was literally uh, in the second quarter where Kyler Murray was about to get sacked in the end zone tried to throw it out of bounds and he just threw it up in the air and a defensive player for the Rams caught it and just rushed in. So he tried to save themselves from two points and instead allowed seven with the kick as well. Um, That to me, like the second that happened, that was like them shooting themselves in their own face and just being like, yeah, we're done now. Because even, I know they they scored in the, the second half, but I don't think no matter how well they played, if they played their like top 110 percent i don't think after that they would have come back from that at all no absolutely i think a lot of the players from the cardinals have underplayed since i say like you know i'd say week nine week eight or nine was their kind of like their their, the start of their descent um and i think like so many of the the kind of players just underperformed like christian kirk should have played better rondell moore should have been playing better the, the, the kind of inclusion of Zach Ertz from the Eagles, that should have gone so much better. That should have been, you know, a, an easy dump off for Kyler Murray if he ever got in under pressure sort of thing. So I think, yeah, a lot of... I mean, AJ Green as well. AJ Green has dramatically un- underperformed um, from what he's capable of. He didn't no. receive a single uh, no. pass this game. and um, I, I would put down the Cardinals season to, like, having a, you know, a, a sugar high. Just like, ah! And then it's like, like you hit that point that, oh god, it's all downhill from yeah, start shaking, and but they literally were in the playoffs because of the start of their season going so well, and then if they would have played like the rest of the season, which more more than likely shows an actual Cardinals team, they would not be in these playoffs to begin with. There we go. I think that's a perfect place to. Fantastic. Moving on from that, um, obviously, uh, we're going to move on to talk about the divisional round. Uh, a quick little point for our audience: uh, Jake had to shoot off and do actual important business work, and not indulge three idiots who decided to start a podcast. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> if it's okay with you it's guys, shall we talk about this divisional round? Yes. A, obviously, we're down to four games now. Four games. Four games. One of which is quite important to myself and Greg. Yes. I can't be- yeah, I can't believe it's there's such a lack of games now. I'm gonna have to spend time with my wife. Oh dear God! <laughs> <laughs> what is gonna happen? Or you'll just have to play more Madden. Ooh, yes, oh yes. Oh yes, yes, yes. I'll get. Yeah. So yeah. you can to continue honest, to be a neglectful Witcher. husband if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I will continue to neglect my marital. Mar- mar- what marital? was that? Marital duties. Marigial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say marginal. Marginal. Yeah. Oh, Marigial. I like margarine as well. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer buttering, if I'm honest. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Is this something you also don't do to your wife, or? What? Let's of I butter her biscuits. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, let's talk about it. So, Scruffy, run us down. Like, let's talk about it. So, it's only four games. Obviously, we're going to start with uh, from the top. I believe it's the 
uh, what is it? It is the please right day. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I'm waiting for him to say two, one of two words, and he's just not saying anything. I'm not saying it because I will either be wrong or correct, and I am more likely to be wrong. Yeah. All right. No, I, 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 now, I was just, like, just I was just laughing. You've got I a was one just, in four chance. I was honestly just laughing at the. Um, so looking at it, and um, it is the. Wait, what I'm is just it? gonna say fucking Saturday. It's, it is a Saturday, correct? We Woo! do start on Saturday. What? <laughs> Bengals at the Titans. <laughs> yep, that's correct. Those those were the one. It was those just the, two of the words I was looking at. Right. Uh, so yes, the games this week. Two games on Saturday with both of the first seeds from the yes. divisions, the conferences even, and then we've got two games on the Sunday. Yep. Um, so starting with the Saturday. Yep. Uh, which word? Correct. Give, uh, so Saturday Bengals... is before Sunday. Yes, it is. Uh, we've got the Bengals at the Titans and the 49ers at Packers for those games. So, Titans-Bengals, what, what are we saying, guys seeing? See, right, I've discussed this with uh, Sam, a, a previous guest that we've had on during the week, because he, he, he genuinely asked me, like, what do I think about him? Mm-hmm. Also known as the, Greg's best friend. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> the Bengals that. game feels like one of the hardest ones for me to call, yeah. because I feel like um, if I was to just base it on purely offense yeah especially with Derek Henry being back I don't know how well he's going to be because obviously it will be his first proper game back if yes. it is 100% that he's yeah. definitely back uh, I think it was confirmed I just just in case I'm covering my tracks <laughs> obviously it, if he, he if is back, he is he has been activated he's expected to start okay um, yeah just, they will yeah. be dominating the rush game whereas Burrow and Chase will be dominating the passing game. And I See, think... Go on. No, you go for it. I was just going to say, I think thought. out of the two, the way Burrow's been playing, mm-hmm. especially with his receivers, I I, I think they have a, a shot at winning it, to be honest. Okay. Um, And I, actually, just before like we go on to everybody's point, I just remembered... Um, just for these four games as well. Um, Madden, the game, they did a prediction scenario where I think they just like let the games play out over a certain amount of time and then just took the average or something like that. Or maybe they yeah. just did one game between them. Um, just out these four games, the, the Titans beat the Bengals on it, 24-23. Okay. Green Bay beat the 49ers, 21-10. Okay. The Rams beat the Bucks 17-14. Oh. And the Chiefs beat the Bills 31-21. Spicy. So, so if, if you're going by that, there's some pretty close games to be had this week. So, yeah, yeah. It's literally... Well, two of the games are within three points of each other. Yeah. And the other two are the Packers and <laughs> Chiefs games. <laughs> um, but it'd lead to... Would that be... Chiefs versus the Packers. Well, not next week, no, because that's AFC and NFC. Yeah, I was going to say um, with Packers, they if they got it through, they will either face the Rams or the. Buccaneers. Well, yeah. So if going on those results, it will be. Oh, Packers, so it be Rams and Packers, Ram, and then Rams Titans at and Chiefs Packers and Titans, uh, Chiefs at Titans. Right. Yeah. So it will be an interesting. one. I think with a. Titans, I just... I'm going to be honest from watching the 
Cincinnati game. It's just, I'm not going to lie. Either team could have won that. Raiders did mm-hmm. not play well, but either team could have won that. Yeah. Bengals were just as lucky. They could have very easily not won that. And I think that may actually play into the Titans game. I think, yeah, definitely like the the Cincinnati Bengals had have have had some lucky results, I'll say it. Um, against the Titans, I just think like they had that mid, mid-season slump. They they pulled a lot out. Um, mm. I think the Titans are going to win it. Mm. I I would here's the thing: I would not be unhappy if the Bengals won it because I think the Bengals are a good team. I think they're a special team, and I think you know w- with what Fenners has said in the past, he didn't think the Bengals were going to get here, but he sees them being a playoff team in the future. They're a playoff team now. In the future, they're a Super Bowl team. They are. Absolutely. I think in the next three, four years, if they can do. If they can continue doing what they're doing, if they can keep the weapons that they need to, they'll be in the Super Bowl in the next three, four years. Definitely. I think with the Bengals as well, I, as much as I would absolutely blooming love a Packers-Bengals Super Bowl, mm-hmm. that would be... oh, Because it just seems whenever the Packers go to the Bengals this season, it just goes insane. Oh, like, everything yeah, absolutely. Just, everything is yeah. ridiculous. The wind decides to do whatever the heck it wants. Yeah, um, with the but again, the wind won't be the Cincinnati wind won't be a factor because obviously no. we'll be in LA or potentially uh, a different stadium depending because obviously COVID COVID cases. Uh, but at the moment, it yes, is still that LA. could happen, couldn't it? Yes. That could actually happen in the worst case scenario. It may move. Well, heck, they could even move it to a home team, but they don't, they don't want home London. advantage. No, they don't want home it, advantage. It won't, the the current stadiums I think are AT and T Stadium, the Cowboys Stadium, yeah. or um, I think somebody I think someone said they might move swap over the Vegas and LA Super Bowls so yeah. that it'll be Vegas this year and then LA in two years time. I yeah, can't def- like somebody said that, but I can't remember if that's actually allowed. Was it a guy with a tinfoil hat running around the street? It was my naked neighbour. Um, <laughs> he just said it'll be in LA, it'll be in LV, it'll be so it'll yeah, be in LA. I, sell I, all your bitcoins, lizards right. rule the world. He's not been wrong so far in you know that he hasn't been proven wrong, and this is the first interaction I've had with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but let's yeah. get a consensus so we can wrap this one up. I'm Titans. saying the Titans. Scroffy saying the Titans. Smith. I I think I'll go with the Bengals then. Okay, but as a team, obviously, yeah, as a team, you're outvoted, but we'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Moving on from that one then, because it's the next game, 49ers Packers. See, I think the obvious thing here would be that we'd vote Packers. The only reason that I would assume that the 49ers would win Mm -hmm. um, is because for the past two games, I've said they won't, and they have. Oh, that is a fair. Po- oh, that is a fair That's point. Fair. You've got the Carolina curse. Oh no, I think. Yeah, the point is, I, it's going to be close regardless. I think. I personally predict that's going to be close. I can't really tell who's going to win this. I'd like the Packers to win it, and I think they will. But ugh, they look vastly different heading into that. What is effectively a rematch? Um, yeah, because they're I- just going back up against them. Yeah, uh, the thing is with the the forty nine, as I say, we're we're zero three in the playoffs. But I think the those teams are vastly different teams, as Jake has pointed out. 
0 and 3 yeah. in the playoffs. Packers are 0 and 3 against the 49ers. But those are vastly different teams. And I think the thing to recognize is that this Packers team, as I've said in previous episodes of this podcast with different people, they have found ways to win games. And, you know, okay, fair enough. In the last game against the 49ers this season, it wasn't a dominant performance. But you, I think that was week two or three against them. And we were still finding a feat as a team. Um, and I think we there was a diff, there was a shift in mentality after we lost a couple of big names like Jair Alexander after losing Elton Jenkins. There was a very shift, big shift in mentality, where the, this Packers team decided that it was gonna do its best to beat teams with whoever it's got. There was a very next man up mentality. There was a big scrappy scrappiness about this team. Um, and I think they'll they'll find a way. Even like I say, they'll find a way to get to the Super Bowl. I I see that yeah. the Packers going to the Super Bowl, no matter who gets who they face, they will find a way to win the games. Yeah. There's going to be no NFC Championship game like last year where they just switched off completely. I don't think there'll be there'll be a switching off. I don't think there'll be a switching off of the this Packers team. And if they get all of their players back, like Jair, like Zadarius, all those kind of guys, they'll find a way to win team, win uh, potentially bigger wins against teams. Yeah, I think the other point as well is, it, I think the only way the 49ers are going to have a real chance of absolutely just, if there is any way that the 49ers could win easily, the only way they're going to do that is blocking Rogers. They've really got to just stop Aaron Rodgers doing what he does best. The, there's two things that really the, the 49ers have to do is they have to stop the, our run game. They have to yep. stop our run game. And then they have to have their run game dominate. Like yeah. The Packers' run defense hasn't been brilliant, but we're getting a couple of guys back that can help out. Zadarius, Kenny Clark should be playing this game, I think. Um, so those are, those are the two big guys that are going to uh, affect that D-line. It means that we can you know, rush only have to only rush four. We can leave a good secondary out there. So then they're forced to run. And I don't think the 49ers have... Let me just have a look. I don't think the 49ers have many people that can do big runs. Uh, obviously got Eli Mitchell, but I don't I don't know. I've not seen enough of him to comment, uh, but I don't know. I, I think if the Packers can stop the run game for the, uh, for the yeah. 49ers, they dominate in the secondary, um, and I think that'll be clean cut. But Doesn't Debo is... Samuel do a lot of r- rushing for them? He does, but he's not the out-and-out rusher. He's more, I think, he's more the outside loops, which is is a potentially a way that they can, um, they can actually, yeah, dominate that sort of thing if they do the outside runs more than you know mm-hmm. up the middle runs. Exactly, and I think that's just kind of the point. With it, I mean, the biggest question, of course, is Green Bay is friggin' cold. Yeah, and, and San Francisco's south, southern. Bay area sort of temperatures. So it's sort of there. very middle ground, I think, with San Fran. Yeah. It's that sort of. It's not cold and it's not hot. It's just sort of high mid. I yeah. think thirty. It's predicted to be thirteen degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Which is, as far as I know, about minus ten. Um, yeah. At the point of the game, which will probably play into the Packers' hands. Yes. They will have the big positive, and that's where the home advantage really comes in: is weather, especially yes, if the absolutely. team has a very cold climate. Um. But I think I don't think it'll make too much difference. But it may keep the ball on the ground. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, it's an interesting one. 
I think that game is just going to be absolutely interesting as anything. Oh, it's going to be a very good game. Very it's a fun game. game. But say, I, I'm going to say Packers are going to win it. Scruffy? Packers. Smith? <laughs> uh, I would say Packers as well. All yeah. right, then. So then moving on to the next one, which is the next two games. Uh, that gives you, first of all, is Rams at the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, so this is the first of the Sunday games. Um, yeah. This one's going to be interesting. I think with Tom Brady's not depleted offense because he's still got some big names on there. The offense is going to be slower than it has been in some games. But I think given the way the LA defense has been playing and obviously the way the LA offense has been playing, this is going to be a fun game to watch no matter what. Oh, yeah. But I do, as I said to Jake during the pod, I think LA have got more a chance of winning this yeah. than, than the Buccaneers do. I agree on that. Actually, I do agree. I think the thing with the Buccaneers is when they want to play, they play absolutely fantastically, but they can be susceptible to pressure as any team can. Yeah. Um, and that may come into play here because, as we've said so many times, Tampa Bay slash initials of Tom Brady as a team is just Tom Brady. If Tom Brady doesn't perform, the team effectively sort of doesn't like fall apart, but certainly takes a knock. Yeah. To yeah. their ability to play as effectively as a team, and I think that's. Absolutely. I think the Rams, I think, will take this as a personal opinion, just Fair based enough. purely on the fact that I, I just have a feeling. It's the gut feeling moment in games. Even though I think Tampa Bay, just based on stats, will win, I just have a feeling the Rams will win. They've got more to win on that front. They can play if they get to the Super Bowl. It's at home. There it's a go. big one, and I said it last time. I think the the one thing that we want to avoid this year is another freaking Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think that's what everybody wants to avoid, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> like you said, like the Bucks because of Brady, and especially like if has he still got? Is it Gronk and Evans are the only two you know main receivers that he's still got playing at the moment? Yes, yeah. both one of them out as well. Uh, I think they're both in. Right, but um, I I do think the the books offense lies in their ability to complete rather than the ability to put up points. Yeah, because I feel like when they've come against teams that yeah um they can just roll over just you know completing the first downs from a a pass. Yeah, okay, then they've put up shitloads of points in a game. Yeah. But yeah. when they've come up against good defences where it's, it takes them those three... It, you, like they have, they get to third down before they get a first down, then they, they're just completing and they're not putting up... They're not fast enough. Um, Brady's whole thing, it seems to be that all his routes are timed. If he throws them too early, they, they don't fuck up, so he'll hold the ball until he has to let it go, and that's when they complete the plays and yeah, I think overall the books are they complete a lot but don't put up a lot of points. Yeah. All the time. When against good defences especially. Um Rams I think in the past two games we've seen um I know obviously they didn't win against the 49ers but offensively for parts of it, you know, they were switched on, they they did dominate. Yeah. I think if they play like that again yeah, they'll definitely win. Um, I think the thing is, in, in that Rams 49ers game, 
the the forty ers had more to play for. I think the 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 Rams had switched off a little bit because they were in the postseason regardless. I think there was a mentality shift in that there you know there was less to play for than the 49ers who had to win to get into the playoffs. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I I, I was I, I saw the silence and I thought I I should reply but I I was currently like drinking so Oh, I heard the gulp. I heard the yeah, gulp. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, so, right, final consensus. I'm saying Rams. I'm Scruffy. saying Rams. You're saying Rams. Smith? I'm I'm thinking Rams as well, especially okay. with the, the amount of offense that yeah. the books don't have to put the points that they should do. Rams. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Well, the final game, which is Bills at the Chiefs. As we were saying, we don't yep. want another Chiefs-Bucks. <laughs> See, this is this is a game that can go either way. Yep. This is genuinely a game that can go either way. Um, I think it depends more so on which Chiefs teams turn up. Because mm. if a good Chiefs team turns up, the Chiefs will win it. But then that O line for me, it was a question at the start of the season. They seem to have shored it up, but then in you know in a couple of games, that O line has just looked a bit risky. And I think the Bills have got enough to kind of slow, if not stop, Patrick Mahomes' offence um, going forward. The Bills' offence, I feel, has got too much on the Chiefs' defence to to make it a big fight. So if the Chiefs can keep their offence going and outscore the Bills, it'll be a Chiefs' win. But if the Chiefs falter on offence, I think it'll be a Bills' win. See, the, the way I, I thought about this game um, in regards to kind of like what you just said was um, and kind of what I said about the books as well is, to me, over the course of this season, out of the two teams, the, the Bills have been the ones that are most consistent. Yeah. Whereas uh, the Chiefs, yeah, they haven't been as consistent, but when Mahomes is on it, he can just like create magic out of nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of what you're saying is related to that O-line. If the O-line gives him enough time to work that magic, he's in for a shot. Of, he could win every single game of the season if his O-line allows him. Yeah. But, yeah, that that's in where it lies there. Yeah, if they show up, yeah, we, it will be a Chiefs win because yeah. they will just put that magic on the field and put up enough points to... Um, not stop the Bills completely. The Bills will definitely put up points. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like edge the Bills out by, by points, essentially. Um, yeah. If they don't show up, the, the Bills are just going to do what they do to everyone. They're going to put up some points up as fast as possible and then just consistently, like, just go slow. Just go slow. Yeah. Put this, this, I say, this could either be, you know, a... a 38-35 win for the Chiefs, or it's going to be like a 42-10 win for the Bills. Yeah. I think just purely based off the Patriots. The Patriots definitely didn't play horrifically. Um, no, but they would the definitely build. had a lot of deficits, which the they Bills had a lot exploited. Of deficits, but that's and, the thing, and I think if Kansas have any any single weakness, the Bills will just charge for it. Yeah, And, and that got, is exactly what well. they're good at. In that game, yeah, okay. There's 
Belichick coaching, but yeah, they they, are, they yeah. were still going up against they were. a first year quarterback. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I say when I when I said and I was talking about the the way the Patriots played, I want it fully known that I think Mac Jones is going to be a Super Bowl winner with Belichick at some point in the future. That is absolutely going to happen just because of how well Mac Jones has fit into the Belichick system, and we've already seen the Belichick system win five Super Bowls. You know, we we know exactly where it's going. So Mac Jones is going to be a Super Bowl winner at some point. It just fully depends on whether Bill Belichick can keep his cool. This game was Mac Jones testing his water in the playoffs and getting beaten by a better Bills side. Yeah, I think that's a point to make. So final wrap up. I'm saying Bills. Smith, what you're saying? Just do it, go first. <laughs> Bills. All right. You you roll overruled till the team decision is Bills, so I'll go Chiefs. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you so you, you, just, you just pick one. You, you want to be right either way, because if you're wrong, if, if Bills win next week, you say, oh, the team decided Bills. I was yeah, on board yeah. the whole time. But if the Chiefs win, you'll be like, called it, bitch. Yeah, like, <laughs> you fuckers. You fucked us over on our predictions. <laughs> Uh, but I think, yeah, it, it, all the Bills have to do is just play as they have. Yeah. And I think they're just going to go straight through Kansas because, it, as I say, tiny weakness yeah. exploited by the Bills. All right. And, it's like you said, all they have to do is just fuck up that old line a little bit and then... It's tough the to exploit any weaknesses do they anything. Yeah. yeah. If they if they mess up that old line just that little bit, it will be a repeat game of when the Chiefs were against the Bucks in the Super Bowl and Mahomes looked like he was doing everything possible to try and win the game and yeah. nothing... Yeah, absolutely. Enough. No, completely cool. agree with you. Completely agree yeah. with you. All right, so that's another week in the books, lads. That's another week in the books. Um, thank you, as always, for joining us. Um, with this has been a fantastic episode. A little bit of a legitimacy given to us by uh, somebody who was able to talk, like literally could have talked, overruled us all, and and had oh, an entire yes. episode to, dedicated to him. Um, but yeah, no, thank you to our guest, JK Bogan on Twitter, uh, Jake Ellen Bogan. Um, fantastic guy. Hope to have him on again soon. Would but you from like my... to spell that for anyone like myself who would not be able to spell that? Or Probably should. Do you think Google search will automatically take that? Okay. Yeah. If you need to spell it, it's E-L-L-E-N-B-O-G-E-N. Yes. And I'm going to pull up Twitter just to make sure I have spelled that right. <laughs> yes, I have. Woohoo! <laughs> but it is yes. But yeah, uh, if you if you need to look him up on Twitter, it is at J K Bogan, as in B O G E N. Yeah, absolutely. You guys can uh, check me out at J K Bogan on Twitter if you have it. Um, all my you know all my contents there, all my stuff is there, all my links are there. Um, if you don't have Twitter, I just always say Google me. Uh, there's not many Jake Allen Bogans out there. There are a few, um, but there's not anybody doing any sports or anything like that. So you'll be able to find me pretty easily. Um, but as I say, this has been another episode of the Brick Cave Blitz. I have been your host, as usual, the unusual Greg. With me, as always, is my Twitter handle, uh, at unusual Greg on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. <laughs> that was so close. You rolled straight into that. Lovely. Um, <laughs> co-hosting this show. There we go. Smith, uh, I will remember my handle as at DRS underscore nine ninety four on Instagram, and in the background with yep. all the techie stuff. 
I am Scruffy. Actually, just deals with this entire show. (laughs) I am Scruffy. My Twitter handle is just Scrufflord, but as per usual, don't follow me because it's not that interesting. And all you get is Wordle. And finally, and then I'll just clap here so that you can put in Jake's stuff. And then pause. Thank you for listening. Go Pack Go! And that from me too. Brigade Blitz! There it is. <laughs> it was a bit. It was a bit of a sneaky blitz. This oh. it was a sneaky blitz. Oh. Sneaky blitz. Oh, from the, a sneaky snip blitz. It's like we like, Oh my god! I listened to this latest episode. Where did that blitz come from? From the trees, man. From the trees. 